curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. I'm often struck by the relative lack of importance the jobs many of us have on society as a whole. Most of us don't provide a service or perform a role in an organization that could potentially save a life. And almost none of us have the ability to examine the ways our contributions make a difference in the life of another, And many elderly people, when interviewed in the late stages of their life, express regret that their lives didn't hold more meaning. As you listen to today's interview with Catherine Juan, consider how a revelation like learning that the system she employs saved an entrepreneur from suicide. It might change your perspective on what you do. Catherine isn't a medical professional, and she doesn't have a degree that would immediately suggest she's in the business of saving lives, and yet... It was the direct result of the work done by Gino Wickman that led directly to a life spared. Furthermore, Catherine's use of the system to deal with her own medical crisis is yet another example of the ways our work may be more meaningful and valuable than we all realize. A lifelong entrepreneur, Catherine grew up on a century farm in central Iowa working in the family business each summer and began her sales career in elementary school selling all the thin mints it took to earn a spot to horse camp. Her post-college career found her at an award-winning and rapid-growing internet marketing company, and it was during that period of rapid growth that her journey toward becoming an entrepreneurial operating system implementer began. She has a spoken affinity for helping people caught in that hard-charging, get-it-all-done trap and providing a proven process, a roadmap even, for getting to the other side. When she's not evangelizing for EOS, you'll find her swimming, biking, or running, Over the course of the last 10 years, she's gone from run-walking around the block to recently completing her first Ironman in Louisville, Kentucky. This is an emotional and inspiring episode, and I think you'll like it. Give it a listen. So, hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on. Sure. I I really expect that the folks that get a chance to listen to this one are going to walk away with something actionable, and 
I'm always excited for the opportunity to present something to my listeners that I have a sneaking suspicion that there's more than a handful of people that could benefit from what we're about to talk about. So I know it's Friday. I know all of us have our Friday on the mind, but thanks for giving me just some of your time to share with the folks what you have to tell us. Absolutely. I love sharing and I love helping. So there's no better way to spend a Friday. Ah, so you work a lot with entrepreneurs and businesses. Like um, I think what I remember you saying is kind of like that five to 10 is kind of a good jumping off point from a number of employees perspective when it comes to um, your area of specialty. So I think that that matches up with a significant number of the people uh, that are going to hear this. So when you find that prospect, that candidate, that business owner, where do you typically find them in what's happening in their own journey as a business owner? It's it's different for pretty much everybody, but now that you mention it, I should probably start networking with salon owners because quite <laughs> often it's a business owner that's like prematurely turning gray. <laughs> you know, they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders or they're feeling like their business is running them versus the other way around. A friend of mine used to say the entrepreneurial life is incredibly freeing, you know, that once you become an entrepreneur, you're free to choose which 80 hours a week you're going to (laughs) work. Totally true. (laughs) Yep. And, you know, just just like you can identify with that, right? The majority of business owners I run into are in some sort of version of that. They're working crazy hours, even into, you know, an age where they should be thinking about retirement. Um, They're still putting in crazy hours because it's their passion, their vision, their ability to do whatever it takes to get it done, you know, that's made the business what it is today and figuring out how to change the paradigm so the business doesn't revolve around them you know that's really hard and that's where you know often when we get the phone call i resemble your remarks it's 10 o'clock at night i'm still parked in front of the computer you know it, it invariably at some point in time you're gonna look in the mirror and say to yourself like is this what was meant for me is this is this the way i envisioned what was going to happen when i made the decision to to venture out on my own and and try to make something of what it was that I believed in, it it can be daunting. And, you know, the entrepreneurial challenge, oftentimes why it is freeing, it's a, it's a different kind of burden because you really don't have anyone else to blame. So if it's not going exactly the way that you're intending, you really have no opportunity to point any fingers other than at yourself and say, you know, what am I prepared to do differently in order to realize a different outcome and, you know, I could, I could see that decision-making process around how am I going to make that change being the moment when, gosh, let me find that Catherine Juan's phone number and give her a call and kind of express where I'm at. So totally get that. Yes. Well, it's, it's also, you know, it occurs to me the, the art of letting go, right? So part of how we get caught in that trap is, and I, 
I don't know what portion of business owners this is true for, but certainly like there's a strong perfectionistic like trait running through there often, right? That we want it done right. So we're going to do it ourselves. And it's your baby. This business is your baby. And you don't want to just turn it over to somebody else and like hope it's going to go okay, right? You really want those customers. So business owners are sometimes, you know, jumping in to, you know, expedite this thing or get in the middle of this process or start everybody on some other like big great idea right because we have these ideas we want everything to be awesome we're always creating things and in the process we mess up process right so learning how to let go is a big part of it and part of what's really freeing about the traction and the eos system right is that it gives you a framework for doing that so you don't have to just let go and hope you have meetings, you have scorecards, you have all sorts of processes that support the people and support creating the product you want and delivering the service you want so that you know when you let go, things are going to happen the way you want them to happen. Um, so there's there's a method to the madness. For sure. Well, and I, I can only imagine some of the things that you've been a witness to when in your presence uh, entrepreneur makes the decision to invest in the system and what the results can be once that decision has been made. Uh, it's amazing, fulfilling, awesome work. Like I, I couldn't be doing anything anymore like fulfilling because what we do in the session room, watching it not only help those people, but then part of the practice is, okay, we get good at this as a leadership team here in the session room, but then we take that back to the rest of the company, right? And we work with the leaders and managers in the company and we teach them how to do the same thing. And we teach them how to cascade it out to their people And you watch it cascade, not only through the company, but like into the community, right? Because now those people are getting their life back. They're getting their time back. They have time to invest in the community. They've learned these skills that they take other places. So the work we do in that session room with, you know, whatever it is, three to seven leaders of a company, it multiplies and just does amazing things out in the world. So I feel like EOS is so much more than just the work we do in that session room, right? It's, yeah. it's life-changing stuff. And it's hard not to sound silly sometimes talking about it that way. <laughs> but it is a lot more than just the business strategy. It enables a lot of other things. Part of that has to do with the fact of your firsthand witnessing of that in action. So you got, a, you got one that you want to share that like, We'll, we'll leave the names sure. out to protect the, protect the innocent kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so one story that comes to mind that I heard in my session room, somebody who was so buried in their business that they were despondent and at the point of considering suicide, that that seemed like a good answer at that point because they were so overwhelmed, couldn't figure a way out, didn't know which way to turn, didn't have anybody to turn to. And somehow, I don't know exactly how, the book Traction made it into this person's hands, and it literally saved that person's life. 
And now that person has gone around giving copies of the book traction to like everybody they know. And one of those people wound up in my session room. Oh, wow. So that's how I heard that story. And I have to tell you, I had goosebumps when I heard that story. It has changed so much the way I think about what I do because we do, you know, we stand up here at the whiteboard doing our sessions. We, you know, talk a lot of strategy. We have a lot of techniques. We have all these tools, you know, (laughs) but what we're doing is so much more than that. And for business owners, it is like, it's like ROI is almost secondary. You know, the ROI is there, right? But how can we make their life better? Like, how can we help things work smoother? How can we make business fun and not a burden? It's where we spend most of our waking hours, right? Sure. Like, let's make it awesome. The failure of what they've tried to create is so personal. Exactly. You know, there's a certain amount of, um, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, there might be some shame that one might feel if I've made this investment, I've told the world that this is what I intend to Mm -hmm. do. I've put my heart and soul and, you know, countless hundreds of hours into trying to make this thing be what I hoped it would be. And if it's not going exactly the way you intended or or really wanted it to, and it's consumed your life to the point where you don't feel confident in even sharing with other people that you feel like this is a failure and that suicide might feel like a more appropriate option. Just, I mean, my goodness. Yeah. How scary is that? Yeah. Well, and so I wanted to relate that to a topic that you and I have talked about in the past with this notion of um, prospecting, right? So um, we know from feedback that we get from people we're trying to prospect with that perhaps that activity as a salesperson is somewhat intrusive. It can become a barrier psychologically to the salesperson to feel comfortable continuing to perform that exercise as a result of that feedback But for someone like you, who's literally heard that the work that you do saved a person's life, it goes a little bit beyond, I'm not just selling pens, right? I'm, I'm doing something that could have a tremendous impact in someone's life, given the opportunity. And if you knew that you had the chance to save that person's life, would you not want to try to make that connection in a way that would give you that opportunity to have that person's life be saved? So... As you can see, prospecting that, is still hard, but yeah, easier you know, when you know that's the value that you're bringing. Um, all of the tools that we talk about in the book, Traction, they're all available from the EOS Worldwide website for free um, because everybody at EOS believes as strongly as I do that we want this stuff to get out in the world, right? There's also a version of getting a little bit of ahead of things here, but we have what we call a VTO, the planning document. Mm -hmm. There's a personal version of that. There's a family version of that. And all of them are available for free. It's amazing to be able to offer those kinds of helps to the world. Agreed. All right. So for the uninitiated, let me just take a moment. So EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. 
the book that's kind of the underpinnings of uh, that system is Traction, as you referred to by the authors, Gino Wickman, um, so that everyone has an understanding of what we're talking about. Why don't you talk a little bit about what EOS really is? So EOS and the Entrepreneurial Operating System, um, it's really about three things we call vision, traction, healthy. So vision from the standpoint of first getting your leaders 100% on the same page with where you're going and how you're going to get there. Um, traction from the standpoint of helping your leaders become more disciplined and accountable, executing really well to achieve every part of your vision. And healthy, meaning helping your leaders to become a healthy, functional, cohesive leadership team because often leaders don't function well together as a team. <laughs> Um, from there, as goes your leadership team, so goes the rest of your organization. It's getting that leadership team, building these skills, and then building that throughout the rest of the organization. So your entire organization is clear on your vision, all much more disciplined and accountable, executing on your vision, and gaining consistent traction. Having a firm, solid foundation in place in order for you. And, you know, like you were saying, a lot of times the executive teams aren't cohesive. And most of the time that just has to do with the fact that people are just trying to get the work done. Right. And that's not a bad thing. And certainly most organizations are able to achieve some semblance of success performing that way. But I think mm -hmm. what, we're what we're trying to um, intimate to people is at what cost, what, what's going right. on to the group as a result of this notion of we're just trying to get the work done. And especially when the economy is good, like now, you know, the pressures of getting the stuff out the door are greater now in a, in a successful economy than perhaps they would be when things aren't quite as good. So all of those stressors that are created as a result of trying to perform your job functions that way, which is Mo what most of us would do, like, I'm, I, I just want to get the stuff out the door. And yes, everybody here is pissing me off, but we still got to get stuff out the door. And maybe we'll get to a point in the future where I'm not mad at everybody. But right now, I'm mad, I'm stressed out. I, I don't know for sure that we're going to be able to achieve these objectives, but we just got to get this stuff out the door, right? Yeah, just keep going. Yeah, and that's where all of those extra hours come in, right? I, you know, I as a business owner eventually got to that point where there just weren't any more hours in the day to give, right? And that's where I, you know, I think probably three people gave me a copy of the book Traction before I pulled it out of the bottom of the pile. You know, that stack of books we all have as business owners that we're going to read someday. Right. Totally. <laughs> and I finally pulled it out of the pile of books and read it on a train trip to Chicago and you know, it was one of those eureka moments where finally somebody had defined all of the stuff that I knew had to be out there somewhere right I didn't know what the answer was but I knew our business wasn't a snowflake you know that we didn't need some creative special you know um, bespoke <laughs> version of like how to do business, right? Like there had to be a roadmap for this. There's millions of other companies out there. Why did it feel like we were always reinventing the wheel? You know, it drove me crazy. While reading Traction was such a refreshing thing to see, like finally somebody understands like there's these six key components. Everything in the business falls into one of these six key components. And like you were talking about, sure, we were 
surviving, right? We were, I mean, we were thriving by external measures. We were getting awards for growth and that sort of stuff. But as we say, sometimes in EOS, like on a scale of getting from zero to hundred percent strong, most businesses come into the process somewhere in that like 20 or 40% strong, right? They're succeeding in spite of themselves. They're right. succeeding through brute force. Right. And what we're giving them is tools to structure all of that so that they're moving towards that 100% strong. I'm here at 87 plus. We want to get them to 87% or better. You know, that's our goal in the EOS journey. That's when you start to see the kinds of business owners that are happy and fulfilled and taking vacations and show up at meetings like refreshed and they just bring a whole different energy, right? I was not that person when I was in the middle of things, right? But it's very hard to figure out how to fix that when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the middle of it, like moving forward, is really the only, like, at least that was my coping mechanism. I'm like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep, you know, march down the tracks. The only way out is through is what a lot of people will say. Right. And it's like, wait, no, because here's the thing. Like we all come into business because we believe that we have a way to deliver something to the world that would make it what we intend it to be. But in the process, you lose your joy. Yeah. And that's, it's not supposed to be like that. And that's, you know. It's about rainbows and unicorns, right? Like when you start a business. Yeah, it's just like, what, what, am I, what am I sacrificing for what I'm trying to accomplish? And off, present company included, like, you know, it's, it's harder than it looks. It's toil in a lot of instances. It, it feels like toil. And when you don't feel like you have a path out of the toil, that's when it really starts to feel miserable. No, no entrepreneur in the world says to themselves knowingly, I'm going to go make myself miserable on purpose. Yeah, it's, it's that strength. It, you know, it's a strength turned kryptonite, right? Because you're using that strength. That strength is driving you to build the business, to invest those hours, to make everything awesome. But it's also your kryptonite because you keep pouring that energy in until the point that there's no energy left. And we, we want to get to you. We want traction to get to you before you get to that point where there's no energy left in the tank. Right. Where you're realizing and sometimes it's, you know, it's different for different people. Right. So we have people that come to us and say, like, I've always wanted to coach my kids soccer team and they're eight years old now. And if I don't figure out you know, how to step away from the business at three o'clock in the afternoon so I can go do this now, like my chance is going to be gone. I haven't been on a real vacation for 10 years, sometimes longer, because the, so the business has grown up around that business owner. I hired all these really smart people, like maybe I should let them bring the ideas to me. And sometimes like the work that we do is not, there's no magic pills, there's no silver bullets. It's all pretty basic stuff, right? But taking that step back from working in your business to working on the business, when somebody brings an issue to me, please also bring a possible solution. 
and managing those issues. That's one of the six key components of the EOS model. And it's such a huge, powerful tool. Like another part of it that's really, that was really sort of amazing to watch. And it's, it's fun to watch it happen in other companies. Like issue is a word that has a bad rap, right? It sounds negative, but in EOS, we love issues. Because issues are something that once we call them out and we get them out on the table and we figure out how we're going to solve them at the root once and for all for the greater good of the company, like they go away. And when that issue goes away, you know, I have to explain to people, even if you've got 100 issues up on the board when we start. It's not as bad as it looks because half of those are symptoms of one root cause. Right. And when you get really good at doing root cause analysis, solving things at the root, amazing things are going to start to happen in the organization. Yep. Like you'll kill five issues in one swoop. Yeah, yep, and yep. you'll start the momentum that builds as you solve those issues. Then you've got more time to do other things and solve other issues. And it's just like I've heard people say, it's just like a shot in the arm, you know, to know that we're all in this together. It builds on each other in subtle ways that aren't necessarily clear when you go, oh, that's just, you know, six key components. Like, what's uh-huh. the magic there? Like, the magic is in the way all of the things work together yeah. um, and strengthen each other over time. Well, and it's like a muscle, right? So when mm-hmm. you're, you're performing an exercise for the first time, it doesn't feel comfortable. You don't no. know for sure that you're doing it the correct way, but you know yeah. that with repetition, that the opportunity for you to become more, more proficient in the, those exercises are a direct result of doing the exercise itself and, and becoming proficient in it. So, you know, you're not only do you help knock out issues, but by using that muscle repeatedly, you actually can get faster and better at that root cause analysis. So when you realize a new problem that you've identified, it's allows you the opportunity to get much more proficient at the speed with which you can get to the resolution. So, yeah. but yeah. if you don't start, then you never get the opportunity, right? So, so let's be optimistic. Let's assume that someone's at 40% strength at this point, And uh, we have a 47 plus performance improvement that we're trying to seek in this effort. What can someone expect in that 47% stage? What, what are some of the things that you've seen happen in, in that progression? Ah, okay, that's a good question. Um, I guess I want to take a step back and say that we follow a traction first, vision second approach, right? So the kinds of things you were talking about, that is that traction muscle is what we're working on building. And we teach five foundational tools in the very beginning that help people strengthen the important muscles they're going to need to grow the business and get from 40 to 87 or 100% strong, right? So part of those are things like um, what we call the vision traction organizer. It's basically simplified strategic planning. So not the kind of strategic plan that goes up on the <laughs> on the shelf, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind that get used. You know, we said vision from the standpoint of being a hundred percent clear about where you're going and how you're going to get there. We we build that vision. We help you build an accountability chart different from an organization organizational chart. We're helping you build accountability in the organization 
so that everybody is clear on what everybody else is doing and the amount of static that removes is pretty incredible. Like half of what slows a business down is somebody thinking they need to check with somebody else and somebody else before they can do something. But when everybody has the same picture of where we're going, we all know we're building a company that's going to be here in five years and it's going to look like this and it's going to have all of these different aspects. Then if I'm going and buying a new copy machine, I know that copy machine is designed for X number of prints because I know that the company is growing in this particular way, right? Versus you know, buying something cheap that's going to fall apart in a month later because we were trying to run a million copies on it. Like there. <laughs> There are all sorts of examples like that, right? And it's amazing when you get people around the table, you'll get five different versions of what kind of company it's going to be in, you know, even in a handful of years, right? So having that common vision is huge. And we as business owners tend to think like, well, duh, I've already told everybody like what we do and where we're going. And like, what do you mean they don't? Well, (laughs) guess what? They don't Employees really understand. aren't mind readers. <laughs> well, and for me, the other thing that I think is really important for our listeners to understand is even then, once you've gotten that part of what's been an obstacle out of the way, the next phase of what goes on is this notion of what's the most important activities for us in the next 90 days in order of priority that all of us agree on so that there's not this need to circle back and say, is this important? Is this what we should right. be working on? Should I revalidate that right. this new challenge that's been presented to me is something that needs to somehow fit into the overall direction of the organization? Because in the absence of that, and I, I suspect that there's a lot of people listening that are going to agree with this from their own perspective, it's in the absence of that, I'm just trying to get stuff done, whether or yeah. not it even is what I should be working on all of us want to feel good about what we do on a day in and day out basis. And so sometimes you'll default to the easier things because I can be gratified by the notion that I was able to complete that task when in reality, it didn't move me towards the organizational goals that we all have identified, especially when you've broken them down into 90 day increments. Yes. The 90 day world is a huge thing about EOS. It's, you know, based on behavioral science, right? We can all focus on something only for so long. And then we've got to regroup. We've got to recheck our vision, make sure we're all still on the same page with the vision and then reset our goals for that next quarter. And another piece of it that's really valuable is how we're then able to relate to each other during the course of that quarter. Because if we're generating ideas for all sorts of other things to do after we've agreed on those priorities, we can come back to each other and say, hmm, yeah, that sounds important and interesting and all of those sorts of things. But is that on our list of rocks for this quarter? Right. And sometimes it does wind up being something that needs to get changed in the middle of the quarter. We don't say that, you know, you can't ever make a change, but the idea is as much as possible, you've got your one-year goals, you've got your three-year goals, you've got your your three-year picture, you've got a 10-year target. Those rocks that you've designed 
are to reach each of those longer term goals. So you can't go changing in the middle all of the time what your focus is for the next quarter. And it really does help. It's very freeing, just like the issues are. You can say like, hey, I think that's a great rock candidate for next quarter. Let's put it on the issues list. And then when you're going through the issues list during one of your level 10 meetings, we call them level 10 meetings because we want you to rate them a 10 when you're done. And we teach you the skills on how to run a meeting that's a level 10 meeting and not a level two. (laughs) (laughs) Most people rate their meetings at like three to five when they come into EOS, somewhere in that range. Every once in a while, you get a team that has really good meetings and they're, you know, seven or eight, maybe. Right. Yeah. We want tens. We want everybody to come into those meetings knowing that they're going to spend the bulk of their time solving the issues that are getting in the way. And that's the other thing that has a really, you know, fun cascading effect in the organization because you realize so part of a level 10 meeting is having it every week at the same time, same format, all of those kinds of things. And when you know you have that meeting with the rest of your leadership team every week, all of a sudden you don't have to go you know, interrupt somebody in the middle of their flow, right? Every time you have a question. Yeah, I can and, see because I know we're going to have a discussion about it at a regular interval and I can just park it there and we'll talk about it then. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get your chance and your employees also learn like they can put things on the issues list and they know then they have the comfort that even if it's not getting solved right now, it's on the list and the management team is aware and they're not just ignoring me, right? Because yep. sometimes things keep coming up over and over and over again, just because if it's not getting done, we don't have any other way of knowing right. that it's on the radar. Right. So all of a sudden now we have a way to build a common radar for the entire company and for everybody to know like, okay, they are paying attention to the important things. And if there is something that I think is important that they're not paying attention to, I can bring it up because part of being 100% strong is creating an organization where everybody feels equally comfortable bringing something to the table. We've made it a safe place for them to raise these issues and to be part of helping to solve them. Yeah, for sure. And and how many times that all of us know someone in our lives that when you ask them about their careers, their answer is, I just go to work. I just do my job. I, I've tried so hard to get people to pay attention to what I think could make the organization better, and nobody seems to care about what I think. So I'm not I'm not passionately involved in the organization's success anymore because I just don't see a path for the things that I think can make the organization better actually changing. Yeah. What a demoralizing place to be when you know that the job and the place could be better if someone would just pay attention to what it is that you have to say. So by giving people a mechanism and a feedback loop. And then imagine how gratifying to an organization that would be if that employee presented an issue that they believed was really important and a change actually happened. They're going to be inspired. The people who are also working around them are going to believe then too that if they were to do the same things, that the opportunity for change is real. And that's that's incredible. So It's a real upward spiral. It's one of those opportunities where, you know, all of these things that are building blocks of EOS are all there to do exactly what you described to create those sort of feedback loop. Um, there's something we use called a scorecard that also was a huge, you know, foundational part of making that happen because you're using metrics that 
get at these very specific things that get you more control, more information, more data, so that also so that everybody is looking at the same data, right? And you can agree on what are the goals for this metric, what are the goals for that metric, so that you know whether you're on track or off track. It's binary. There's no dog eat my homework. So there's a there's an interesting twist to the story here so um lots of people would would look at this and say well what a great way to organize my thoughts and run my business and create structure for the organization that gives me the opportunity to have a greater opportunity for success but Catherine, you have a personal story that is related to eos and the way that you've applied it in uh, a challenge that you were faced personally so why don't you talk a little bit about how that whole thing transpired and how EOS played a role in how you approached what you were faced with. Sure. Yeah. So I had a pretty crazy summer. I think that's what you're alluding to here. Totally. Um, where in June I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, in July I underwent a double mastectomy. And then in October um, I recovered enough to complete my first Ironman. And I think all of that is very directly related to the skills that I've I've built through, you know, EOS being part of my life for the last decade. Um, part of it I didn't even really see until somebody else pointed it out for me. And it's true. It really, like, once you start applying that framework in business, it's easy to apply that or easier. You know, we say that none of this is easy, right? No. And, well, there's a difference between simple and easy. It's right. simple. It's not necessarily easy. But once you flex that muscle enough times, like you were talking about earlier, it does come more naturally. And you're just, once you've got a diagnosis like that, you're presented with a million different choices to make. Once you've learned that habit of making decisions and moving forward with those decisions and building it into a long-term plan, it's much easier to cope with. Like, I am so grateful I had a framework to think about these things in. Otherwise, it would have been incredibly overwhelming. And part of part of what helped me stay on track was, you know, so my personal plan um, was to complete an Ironman within 10 years. And the one I had picked for this October was basically my, you know, this is my the 10 year culmination of me going from somebody who didn't compete in athletics at all as a kid, started at the age of 39 <laughs> and wanted to complete an Ironman by the time I was 50. Knowing that I had that bigger goal in mind and having done all of the little rocks all along the way, right? Doing a 5K, doing a sprint triathlon, doing a half marathon, doing a Olympic, doing a half Ironman, like all of these things, all of the daily workouts, like basically the same kind of plan you'd apply in your business knowing that I had this plan to get you know to point Z at the Ironman the made it very easy to have the conversations with the doctors like okay surgery has to happen here huh. because I need this weird number of weeks of recovery and like <laughs> totally, right and, and, and everything about, just sort of falls into place oh and think about how paralyzing for 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 someone without a framework for decision-making when faced with 
a cancer diagnosis is tough enough. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to minimize the fact that you had to go through just an incredibly difficult journey in order to get through, but to know that not only were you suffering with that, but that it was had the potential to ruin a 10-year effort of, of what you'd put into to try to accomplish this feat and to have the comfort in an in a incredibly stressful situation to know that you had a framework to rely on, whether or not you even consciously knew at that moment that that's what you were right. doing. Yeah. And that's just it. I didn't know. It's not like I sat down and said, okay, let's EOS this. Right? <laughs> but you, you applied a methodology that you had learned and had become so second nature to you that you just reverted to what it was that you knew you could rely on from a decision-making criteria process because you had a goal. And because that goal was there, you knew that you needed that lifeboat to help you get where you needed to go. And imagine someone else faced with that same situation without that. And, and the difference that that can present to someone yeah. in that moment of need, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Well, and I also, like another huge part of it, right, is the community I had around me. And also, I suppose, if you want to talk it from the perspective of like the skills we bring to it, right, the skill of asking for help, right. like which was not a strength of mine. I don't know that it's really still a strength of mine, but I've certainly gotten a lot of positive feedback from asking for help through this experience. And... I couldn't have asked for a more supportive, like more helpful, more caring, like group of people to surround me and, you know, lift me up and support me and get me through this thing. Right. Like, yes, the planning and that was part of it, but that was huge. It was a fundamental part of what I needed to be able to do and to come out of that surgery with a plan to be able to do that um, and to maintain whatever fitness I could. And, you know, like even the kind of surgery they do, right. Is it, you make different choices about the kind of surgery you do based on what kind of activity you want to be able to support afterwards and trying to find examples of people who, you know, had had significant surgery like that and come back as athletes and, you know, how did they do it and what did that look like and, you know, all of those sorts of things. So having people who supported that and didn't just say like, oh yeah, just throw that out the window, right? Like forget about that. That's not going to happen. Right. Well, it, having, having a plan <laughs> meant everything, right? Because it meant I could rally everybody around the plan. Like, look, this is the plan. We're all headed towards this plan. And that's essentially what happened, right? That community of people rallied around the plan. So I don't feel like it was me that made that plan happen. I feel like it's the community of people around me that made that plan. I, I could not have done that. So there you have it, people. I, I don't know what better uh, example that anybody would need for why someone may want to choose to make a move towards something like an EOS system. I mean, that is probably the most stressful, uh, life-changing decision that any of us would have to face. And, and hearing your story of having the comfort in knowing that you could rely on something and then rally a community of people who are trying to assist you in your goal around 
the structure that you, you you're so accustomed to doing and the result that came because of that, I, you know, what a great story. So should we have moved someone towards being interested in learning more about what it is we've been talking about? Share with the audience how they might be able to do that. Sure. Um, the book traction is pretty much everywhere. So you can get the you know, hardcover on Amazon. You can get, uh, you know, download the audio version if you're more inclined in that direction. Uh, and all of the tools we've been talking about are available on the EOS Worldwide website. Um, so you can register, download the tools. They've got a great blog that talks about all of this. Um, and no matter where you are in the world, um, there's an EOS implementer where you are. There's over 300 implementers now worldwide um, who are, are professional and certified implementers of EOS. Um, and there's a directory of all of those on the EOS website. So there you have it. No excuses, people. Catherine, thank you so much. This is such a great story. It's a, it's probably a little bit longer podcast than most of our episodes, but it was a really heavy topic with a lot of uh, things to consider when it comes to what we were talking about. But, you know, from my perspective to the listenership, for those of you who are just trying to get through the day and work more in your business than you ever work on it, this might be a great moment for you to consider that the working on the business is a key part of how to be successful in the long run. And there are ways for you to find tools and people who can help you in that journey. So Catherine, there thanks is so light much. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, totally. There's light at the end of the tunnel and we will leave it at that. And thanks so much again, Catherine, for joining us. I really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. As someone who's opened a new business himself, I'm acutely aware of the pain that Catherine speaks of when she's talking about, what happens to a business owner when he or she doesn't have a system to fall back on and processes to rely upon when it comes to trying to scale your business. Now, it's really uh, this notion of the art of letting go and creating a framework for yourself to make that be possible is really the, one of the biggest parts of what I took away from this particular interview and just the real life examples of how it's been used in ways that have been life altering and in some instances life changing is very powerful to me. And I hope it's powerful to you as well. If what we're doing speaks to you, please like and subscribe, leave comments, make a review for us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you get your podcast so that other people can be aware of the good work that we're doing and the information that we get from our excellent guests as they come on. Two weeks from now, we will bring you yet another episode and we look forward to talking to you then. But until then, have a great day.